0: <laughs> the
1: potential podcast. hello and welcome back to the potential podcast i'm your host chris Doer, and i'm joined by my co-host taylor sokol
0: hey everyone it's good to be back here with you all
1: so when we recorded our last episode, which was the sports film episode, we did all that uh, all pre-knowing about what we're going to talk about today. So all that was already done and finished this is why we didn't talk about it last yeah. week. But the next day after we had recorded all that, uh, we found out, the world found out that Chadwick Bozeman had passed away uh, due to losing his battle with cancer, colon cancer which he'd been fighting for about four or five years, which was uh, not only a huge shock to the world because of losing such an important artist of our time who really was on his way to even bigger and better things, but no one really knew that he had colon cancer. That was not something out and about in the media. Um, And it's just, uh, it's a shock because... He did a lot of big movies even in that time, especially a lot of his Marvel movies were done in that time while he was fighting this terrible thing. And the way that he persevered and the way that he didn't really make it seem like it was something that was affecting his work. He still went and did the work. So we thought today would be important to do an honor and celebration of Chadwick Boseman's work. Um, We spent the last few days watching... A couple movies that maybe we had not seen, yes, of his work. Of course, we some, are of, his, very...
0: some of his um we tried to look at some of his most memorable work and uh, the span of his career. And uh, some of them we had seen before, and some of them we just kind of need a refresher to really, yeah, I think appreciate them more um, for what they are now and what they have done,
1: yeah. so uh, I think we'll 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 kind of do a little bit of a chronological uh, thing here, and we'll we'll kind of get to, uh, of course. Our love of him in the MCU a little later, but um, I want to start off with 42. This actually was a movie I remember seeing the trailers for. Uh, it just something I never got around to seeing. I don't know if it was not uh, a long time in theaters or at the time I was just maybe not available to see it. But so glad I saw it now. Uh, one, I think it's a great baseball film. Period. You know, yeah. I think it's fun to see. It's fun to see a baseball film in a older time period
0: yeah especially based on based on true events i think um, a lot of the older um not the older films a lot of the baseball films that are based on true events are you know usually at the start of baseball and and a lot of its roots are a lot of the turning points of the game and Mm -hmm. i think that's such a different time to where we've grown up through baseball and i think it's something about it that just speaks to a generation but also um, this beautiful sport of that represents America, just this thing that, something that brings us together.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And this movie yeah. itself, um, such a historical figure in the sport of baseball for Chadwick Boseman to portray uh, was Jackie Robinson, which I had, I'd read about him and, and knew a lot about him, but to see this film and then portray this character was just, um, was very powerful, very moving.
1: Yeah, so, you know, of course, it's the story of Jackie Robinson being, really the first black player to play uh, with white people, the white league and Harrison Ford plays kind of this manager of this team to try to get him uh, involved. And of course he has a lot of hurdles. He has to uh, get over because there's a lot of racism, a lot of segregation. And it's kind of that thing of, if you give in to that and you get angry, uh, you're just, you're letting them win. Yeah. And um it was there there was a lot of things in this movie that already clicked that I was like, Wow, we're still dealing with this today about this idea that if you give in to that fear, this makes them want you know, to tack more.
0: I think and, yeah, and I think what's just to go off what you're saying, the fact that Jackie Robinson, the individual and Chadwick Boseman's portrayal of that was so powerful that he has to go through many obstacles within the span of this movie and the span of his life. and Right, right away is the color of his skin, uh, and being already in a time where everything's segregated from bathrooms, schools, um, hotels, things like that. And then he's got to overcome the obstacle of his team, where the majority of his uh, fellow team members yeah, don't accept him, yeah, don't accept him, don't believe he should play, um, based on the only color of his skin. And then he's got the other baseball teams. He's got the world. He's at the nation mm-hmm. against, not the world, the nation against him. And he's also got to prove, despite all that, that he has the skill, the will and the skill to prove that yes. he deserves to be on this team because of his And he skill. does have that skill. Absolutely. I think that was
1: that was fun to see as well. Uh, Jackie Robinson was known to be someone that really, he'd edge out off the base to, you know, want to steal a base. Yeah. And uh, you want to get that score. And that was some really quick-paced, fun scenes where you see Chadwick kind of getting out there and he's kind of teasing the, the pitcher and um, I think what was you know the balance here and this is something that I think Chadwick has done very well in his career is he has a lot of he, he brings a lot of energy to the screen but it's not uh it's not like spastic it's not like uh you know no
0: it's not overpowerful it's, he's uh...
1: very he has a very powerful presence yeah, And he has a good balance of like, he can do uh, humor. He can do grace. He can do, uh, you know, obviously action stuff. And this movie was, it was a, it was a, you know, for what probably was his first prominent, big leading role film. He, you know, I think he had that, a good balance of having someone that he's having, he's, he's showing what he's got. yeah, And it comes through in that character because that's also the character is someone that's showing what he's got and trying to prove himself. But he has those moments where he has to in the crack show. I think the most powerful scene of the movie is you have Alan Tudyk who is known mostly to do these comedic roles. Yes. And he is just this horrible, horrible racist coach for the, I think it was the pirates or the Phillies. It was the, uh, the Phillies. The Phillies. And he's just constantly calling him these bad words. And he's just, you know, he's trying to get him on his, he's, trying yeah. under his skin. And there's a moment where, uh Jackie just can't take it anymore and he grabs a bat he goes down to kind of like the underground alley thing to get to the yeah get to the rooms uh and he just smashes this bat against the wall and he lets out this gut-retching scream of just pain cuz he's just so tired of it and then Harrison Ford comes up and they have this great little kind of scene together and mm-hmm. i was like yeah. that was like i was like that, wow
0: that was that was if you take any powerful scene that probably you're right that is the most um you're, like you said, gut-wrenching and powerful scene because it just, it showed the weight of the world that he carried on him because he mm-hmm. said, I'm not just trying to prove for myself. I'm trying to prove for all um, black women and men. Uh, so I thought that was, you know, and he's got all these kids that are looking up to him and he, he mm-hmm. knows that and he's just like, I can't. And it just, yeah, it it, it brings a tear to your eye because it's just like this is so powerfully moving. And, you know, when you read stuff about the history of this stuff, it doesn't. Um, I don't think he can ever. It can ever duplicate it. But to see this performance, I think was just simply awe-inspiring because he really did. I think embody the character very well. And they have got some great. And you're talking about Alan Tudyk and Harrison Ford. There's some great um, ensemble work in there. There was a lot of yeah. great actors and actresses in this role in this movie. And I thought they did it a did an amazing job. But what a legacy f- uh, for character for you know to play a historical figure is a very challenging thing to play and i think it is very challenging model. to
1: play and it would be the first of many for chadwick so moving yeah, on from 42 we then have a <laughs> very change of pace but again a very uh, prolific character that um was a huge huge uh uh personality in the music industry, uh, known as the godfather of soul. Chabot, you want to play Brown. Mr. James Brown in the film Get On Up, which is a biopic film of his kind of showing his story of uh, him, James Brown being someone who came from extreme poverty and worked his way up to be one of the you know biggest profiles in music, but also the challenges along the way. Mm-hmm. I think something that was really neat about this film was it really sh- and I think this was a truthful thing was it really showed that James Brown had probably more confidence in himself than any other artist of all time. Like he, he, oh, yeah. he really knew that Large I'm James amount. Brown and whatever I do, it's cause I'm James Brown and you're going to be doing it because I'm James Brown. And yeah. this was a fun, I thought it was fun to see, uh, just as a side note from a singing standpoint, of course, Chadwick is not singing in this movie, but It's a lot of work to be convincingly, you know, lip syncing. Yes. And look like you're actually the one singing. It's a difficult thing to do. Not everyone can pull it off well, as you've seen probably plenty of movies or TV shows where someone's lip syncing and you're like, that's off. He did a great job with the performance parts of this, the dancing. I,
0: I thought that was a great I thought that was a great thing to do. And we've talked about this in um, a previous podcast about when you're casting roles and it's going to be a musical element. Mm-hmm. it's it's all about casting the role, regardless of their talent. And I thought that was a very smart move where they cast a role for the performance, um, but they stayed true and had James Brown's music. You know, dubbed over his actual singing, so I think mm-hmm. that made all more powerful. And you're absolutely right. I mean, the physicality and just the way he talked too, and yes. and especially as you said, that that goes through his whole life up until, you know, up until his later years. And I thought that, you know, there wasn't a lot of there wasn't a lot of prosthetic work or anything like that. I mean, he really, really became James Brown. And I thought, and and not knowing a lot about the life of story i've always been a fan of james brown music but to to see like where he came from and mm-hmm. how you're right his personality you know drove a lot of these people that followed him away because he just became
1: yeah because he, he he really was a team player in the beginning N- yeah. but as he became more and more a star he was more about himself and i think people kind of wrote his uh his you know wrote his train because they wanted to go along for the fame and they want to be, you know, successful, but but it
0: but it showed because of his childhood that it kind of explained how because he had, he didn't really take care of himself. He really was on yeah. his own, and mm-hmm. he's like, I can't, I can't really believe anyone else going to take care of me except me. Yes. and I thought that was that was really well done because I, I I think it's a challenge when you do a film that goes back and forth. Um, yes, it's a little, conf- you know, for me I like a straightforward story.
1: It was a little artsy. Uh, some yeah. of the choices by the director of when they would show. Um, when they would show a flashback and also there's key moments in the film where James Brown or the kid who plays James Brown when he's younger talk directly to the audience. Yeah, And it's it's almost a little creepy at times but there's a lot of these weird moments where like, uh, you know, almost like a monologue. But sometimes the kid would have something bad to him and he'd yeah. look at the screen and he'd maybe be punched or something. There'd be a little bit of blood on his lip and then he would smile because he kind of got this sense of like, Okay, I'm stronger than this, uh, mm-hmm. you know, because I'm James Brown, yeah. and and yeah, he did he did have that kind of raspy talk, the way James Brown talked, and it yeah. was so much energy coming off the 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 screen. And you know, we we talked about yeah, when we, we discussed our um, the musical uh, episode, stage and screen. I was saying that you know when you're gonna do a musical movie or something, you want to cast someone who can sing. But just as they did with Bohemian Rhapsody, there was no way they were gonna do this movie and cast someone else to sing james brown they're going to use james brown clips because yeah. that voice is just iconic so it's like why would you you know i did like they had that one guy who played little richard for that one yeah. scene kind of inspires him a little bit about you know you well the be-
0: hair the hairdo hair. and
1: the large personality and even um <laughs> i
0: love how his dance was insp- the, the, his style of dancing was inspired by someone who couldn't dance mm-hmm. uh and so it was interesting it wasn't um so like in your face, but it was, or on the nose, it was like, okay, this is kind of how gradually how he decided to, to do everything. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it, it painted his life in a realistic picture where there are yeah. some movies where I think they, they pronounce uh, or project the, you know, the glamour style and the positives. And there's not, that's not the case. All these great artists and great performers, there is a lot of things that, you know, <clears throat> maybe morally is a little uh, amb- ambiguous or, you know, they've had some rough times. I mean, another, you know, movie very similar, but I was, I, you know, not in the same like style, but I really thought they did a good job with that it was like, you know, I walked the line with Joaquin mm, Phoenix yeah. and portraying that. So, but this movie I thought did a great job in his life and Chadwick through the entire film, just, you know, you see his evolution until his last, you know, big performances. And especially with his friendship, uh, with yeah. Bird, which I thought was great, um, and also played unfortunately by the late uh, a late actor uh, who was known for a lot of his comedic roles uh, and lighthearted stuff. So I thought that was really good. Um,
1: but yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So and then moving on to our third biopic here. Yes. Uh, actually, one I really really enjoyed I watched this yesterday. Uh, Chabuk would go on to not exactly right away, but this is in the span of his career. Uh, he would play Thurgood Marshall in the movie Marshall. Mm -hmm. And uh, this is a another biopic movie about uh, the real time lawyer who I think it said he won like 29 out of 32 cases in front of the Supreme Court. Yeah. His thing was that he was fighting for justice for uh, people of color that were maybe having unfair trials, which is something that we're Mm -hmm. still seeing to this day. Yeah. So which which great a, about
0: what's great about this movie too is it's not about his whole life, but it's about one of his key victories. One
1: one case. Yeah. Yeah. This one uh, case. That so wasn't I like a, from a young childhood to a certain point. This is him. Uh, he's finishing a case in one place, uh, and he's he's brought over to help this man who's been accused of raping and potentially almost committing murder for this yes. uh, white woman. And we have Sterling K. Brown playing this man who's being accused. And, you know, uh, he ends up having to, as he's not a lawyer for this state, he has to get another lawyer who's played by Josh Gadd, mm-hmm. to try to fight for him to get into the case. And because it is, you know, a time and period, this is uh, where, you know, racism is still very prevalent, uh, you have James uh, Cromwell play this judge who. Yeah allows Marshall to be on the case but, but he's he cannot not to speak, speak in court
0: or doing it yeah and so, so he
1: can not even speak for his, his own defendant which is like so uh Josh Cad's character gets kind of roped into being the main lawyer
0: and the cha- <laughs> yeah, and the challenge is uh he's never tra- been um, defending he's or, only done civil cases yeah, he's yeah never, never done did a criminal uh, you know murder or homicide case or attempted like that and so you've got Marshall already he's got he he's fighting racism and segregation, but he's also got his arm tied behind his back, and he can't he can't fully um, you know perform his job to the full mm-hmm. extent. So he has to work alongside with this very unwilling participant. And 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 my kudos again to Josh Gad uh, for playing opposite of Chadwick. I thought they did a really good a really good. Yeah, balance. there was a
1: great bond between these two. There's times that they argue. There's times that they don't get along because again, he's been roped into a case he doesn't really want to do. But there becomes this kind of like brotherhood between the two of them. And because Josh Gad's character is representing uh, the Jewish community, he's Hebrew and obviously Chadwick representing the black community. They're both minorities and there's times yes. where there's other people in the community that are racist against both of them because mm-hmm. of their you know backgrounds. And even the, like even some of his own like Jewish friends at like his synagogue were like, I told you that was that creepy scene that weirded me out. There's a scene where Josh Gad's going to take a leak in the bathroom. And this guy comes up behind him. He's like patting his back. And he's like, you know, you're doing that case. And he's, you know, and he hands him like a $5 bill. And I was like, if anyone ever that I knew came up to me and started patting my back when I was taking a leak, I'd be like, get get off me. We're not friends anymore. (laughs) Yeah, no, talk to me out in the lobby. What are you doing? But there there was some funny humor. There was one scene where they're trying to go around and collect like evidence. By this bridge, where supposedly, uh, Sterling K. Brown threw Kate Hudson's character off of this into this room. He decided to throw rocks at her. And um, Chavik Bozeman, as Marshall's go around. He's collecting bits of dirt. And Josh Kay looks at him like, "What are you doing?" He's like, it, "It's a it's a black thing. We go around and we collect parts of the earth." And yeah. Josh Cat goes, "Really?" And then Chavik just does, does this shit <laughs> eating grin yeah <laughs> uh, that oh my gosh i was laughing so hard he His didn't face. need to say a word he just, looked just gave him a look and, and it and was it said so all, good
0: another another, He's teasing them. another great part it's not ridiculously humorous but i like when they're so they're picking holes at the defense's case when they um, and i was uh, impressed uh, i was surprised to see kate hudson in a role like this where she's mm-hmm. done a lot more rom-com and, and i want to see more of her but there, you know she's the one accusing him of the rape and attempted murder and they're putting holes in the case where she says oh i was tied up I and gagged i couldn't speak so he takes yes, yes. and they and, and there's this really you know tough part where you know you know marshall's not allowed to get up or anything like that but he's like i need to so he he gags josh's dad's character and he proves that you can scream with the gag on and it's it's not it's it's played for seriousness but it's almost humorous like you know, seriously, so there is a lot of lighthearted moments, but
1: well it's because Josh Gad. he then turns yeah. to the jury and he's got this huge <laughs> thing in his mouth and he goes, Ah Yeah. And the whole the whole jury freaks out and he's like, you know, it proves that she easily could have screamed and um yeah. I did like though it's just it's one of those uh it was interesting the way that this film was done mm-hmm. is although yes, Chadwick is a lead in this role, he's not at like, all the time the driving force because of yep. the position he's put into in this court so it was kind of interesting how they would do it it was more of when it was outside of court behind the scenes uh their partnership but the continuing you know believing in the truth fighting for the truth the, you know the truth shall set you free as the saying goes yeah. and you know he he would go on uh marshall to you know fight and win cases all over you know states and I think that's a big thing that's helped uh, fair trials go forward, and I'm sure there's maybe some things that have been passed because of him. But um, it was it was a it was another you know really good role for Chadwick. I felt that mm-hmm. he, had, he had he had a good he he. It's fun to you know to go off before we go into some of his future projects. Seeing him in interviews, seeing him talk, he's a really down to earth, cool guy. Like and you a know,
0: very calming presence. He's not yeah. this. He's portrayed these very, some of these, you know, big personalities, and these big powerful characters, mm-hmm. but he is a very quiet, subtle force. He's a very where, like
1: quiet guy. You know, sometimes he likes to have fun. He has well-spoken
0: like, and he, he really, he really
1: dresses really well. Yeah. Uh, but then, you know, there was some key scenes of watched him like a marshal. He's got this nice suit on. He's got the stash and, you know, just the way he holds himself. It's like, I'm like, this guy, he's, he he becomes a completely different person when he's, like, set in a time period where he has to be looking a certain way or dress a certain way or hold himself a certain way. And I think it's just, you know, it, you could see that this was a young man who was already a master of being a chameleon and able to, you know, change himself. And he he didn't feel the same person in every role, you know. Um,
0: he was just a way ahead of his time, I think. And yeah. that's something, a craft that you a lot of performers still today struggle with there's that's a very old school thing where you Mm -hmm. got a lot of these amazing titans of of hollywood and these amazing actors that do that but for him he was just he was innately born with that where he from the ground up of character building you know more than the physicality and the voice he just became that person and it was just it blew you away because you cannot take your eyes off the screen Every yeah. Scene. And I think
1: it's also cause he had a huge uh, theater background. He's, he's done a lot, you know, he, he trained with that. So I think he, he understood the, the, you have to hit the beats. You have to understand the the reality of the situation and you gotta, you know, it's, it's, it's more than just a camera on you. You have to really, uh, yeah. you know, make it alive. Uh, I want to jump into uh, one of his most recent films that came out. Um, a movie that I thought was very relevant for what the 2020 year has been. And this was only, I think 2019. Uh, But he has this kind of cop action thriller, 21 bridges where he's playing a cop that uh, has had some uh, bad things in the past. You know, he's kind of trigger happy uh, which, you know, when it comes to a lot of crime cases, it's not always the case that you want your suspect to die because they might have information or stuff, but yeah um it's a, a it's a, not a long film which is great it's like an hour 40 it was like a short really quick paced but uh kind of a, a heist goes bad where these two guys are supposed to come get some bags of cocaine cops show up they end up killing seven cops very quickly very tense action-packed and so traffic Bozeman's character has to he's trying to hunt down these two guys make sure they yes. do not get off and they're The crime was in Brooklyn, so he's like, more than likely, he has this whole, I love this monologue, he's like, they wouldn't be going to this place because there's no, you know, he has this whole map in his head of New York of where, where would they be likely going, and he's like, pinpointing to, they're probably going to Manhattan, and he's like, in Manhattan, there's 21 bridges that get you to Manhattan from different parts of, so he's like, we gotta block them all off, block the rivers off, block the subways, everything, and it gets in this, it's just kind of this action-packed kind of, you know, intense chase film, that then reveals into something that I was like, "Whoa!" Uh, Did not expect to see that. This is a no. bit of a spoiler warning if you've not seen. This, this is probably the most uh, one of his recent films, but it kind of comes down to actually the whole thing was part of a insider job of these of a couple of these cops, uh, these
0: dirty cops that were on the take yeah. and involved in the drug uh, trade in New York. There,
1: yeah. So you know, in the end, he kind of has to face some demons that he's even his own team or people that he thinks are on his own side or, and he ends up, you know, killing some cops and kind of having to, you know, wash his hands of, of, of what he, what has been his passion for so long, especially because I, they play into that. Uh, his father had been, uh, you know, beat by someone and uh, murdered. Yeah. And so he's, he's followed in his dad's footsteps to being a cop. And I was, I was like, it was just really relevant because the whole time you're, it's kind of a, a cat and mouse chase you know some fun action scenes and then the whole last kind of third it got into more of the uh kind of mystery like wait something something else is happening there, here it was
0: a good twist and i think what was great about his performance where i think in it this is a very not a stereotypical it was a good plot but you know basic great. you know um
1: it was, was a it was a solid formula it was not it's not a this isn't a, it wasn't a huge new take on a crime no. type no, but cop. what I yeah. thought
0: was great about his character was he didn't, it wasn't a cheesy cop lines. Oh, there no, very intense. No, he, he, he approached this role like any other role. And I thought that was great where I was like, I could see where this maybe be going. But no, I'm, I'm along with the ride. I, I don't really know. And I just thought, you know, what a take for him, especially with all these really powerful historical figures. And then to, you know, what we're going to get into one of his most prominent roles, um, but yeah, I thought that was really good. Now, I would have looked forward to seeing in more kind of you know solo action flicks. I thought he, he did very yeah, well. He, I think he would
1: have done very well with that. Uh, there was the one scene that I, I really was like, it was uh, nice to see. It was a bit surprising just thinking of what really uh, branched off this huge movement this year. Yeah. There's a There's a key moment where there's almost like maybe a suspect is on the ground and a cop has his knee on his neck and Chabuk runs in and he goes, "Take your knee off his neck. I need, you know, I need to hear what he's got to say." And I was like, "It was very powerful to see that, knowing what happened to George Floyd this year." Mm-hmm. And it was like, you know, there there's moments in this movie where even though he might have had a past as a trigger happy person, and there's some there's some casualties in this movie that are not bad guys. Yeah. Um, there's moments where even you know, one of the two guys that call this cops, he's he's talking him down. He doesn't want to kill this man. He wants to just get the information from him make sure he's, you know, safely put to jail or whatever, but he's not. Exactly. It's all
0: this. He's focused on the due process and that I think um, it it just doesn't matter uh, who you are, but in, in a law enforcement role, there is that, Mm -hmm. that is that the, the tough thing, which I can't imagine being in that, but, I think he invoked something that unfortunately is timeless that's something we really have to focus on and realize this yeah. needs to, this needs to change this this and it, it was like scary how relevant that is to this day yeah um and yeah when because you had not seen it and i had saw it right when it came out and um to watch it again it's like wow just
1: yeah absolutely well we're going to take a very quick break here and when we come back we're just going to talk about his most prominent role, and we'll talk about a little bit of his uh, last movie that he got to film. So we'll be right back. Mmm. 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 What are you doing? What? Are you eating during this podcast? Yeah. So? Is there a problem? So? Good God, man. Your munching is distracting.
0: Hey, I can't help it. It's this new seasoning I got. It's so delicious. Seasoning, you say? Yeah, from the Steel City Salt Company. Did you make that up? No way. It's the best store where it comes to getting all of your seasoning, salted, and spice needs. Since 2011, it's been bringing a new era of exciting flavor to Pittsburgh and the surrounding regions, from their popular flavors like garlic herb, dill pickle sea salt, and black and gold seasoning.
1: Sounds great, but I don't live in Pittsburgh. Doesn't matter. They ship nation and worldwide. Wow, that's awesome. Yeah,
0: so go to their website and check it out at www.steelcitysalt.com to order now. Free shipping on orders of $39 and up. Don't miss, and let's spice up your life.
1: And we're back. So before we get into the MCU territory... I wanted to quickly just mention here, I did watch *The Five Bloods*, which is a Spike Lee film. Came out on Netflix, and I think this might be Chadwick's last performance on screen, unless he had filmed something that is still yet to be edited and come out. You know, a lot of movies have been postponed because of COVID, so I'm not sure, but this might be his last film role. But this film is interesting. It's set in Vietnam, and it's about four guys who are older. They're probably in like 60s, early, you know, late 50s, early 60s. And they're going back to Vietnam in present day to find some gold that they had stashed during the Vietnam War. And also they're trying to find the remains of their lost comrade who was played by Chavik Boseman. So you get the idea that when they were in the Vietnam War, they were, you know, the five bloods. There were these five guys that were, you know, a tight team. And Chadwick was kind of like the leader, and he didn't make it out. So it's them trying to go back, and there's a lot of things about PTSD, about even racism from the Vietnam people, uh, Vietnamese. And it's a very uh, kind of artsy film for Spike Lee. Um, but the flashback scenes where Chadwick is portraying this kind of leader, another great role to see him in because, you know, he's not, you know, apart from a, kind of fantasy version of a war film this is you know a true war film where he's being like this kind of leader in a time and it, it was uh, it was powerful to see and um of course i i did notice you know i didn't really even hear or know much about his weight loss over the last you know few months but i did notice in the film he did look thinner than say he would as Black Panther. But, you know, sometimes actors do that for jobs. So I didn't really, you know, uh, know a difference. But, you know, if, if that truly is his uh, final role, he, he still, for the scenes he had, he gave it yeah. 100%. And I was hearing that, you know, during that shoot, which I'm sure was tough, uh, you know, when he was in the moment and he was doing it, he was giving it his all. And, you know, I think even if his body was aching and, and hurt, he would come off and he'd, you know, be helped and stuff. But I mean, it doesn't show on screen. The man was, you know, giving it all during this, and that's something that's, you know, it's very honorable to know that even in maybe some really bad days, he was still doing his job. Yeah. So, yeah, that was the five bloods, but of course we have to go and talk about his greatest achievement, at least, you know, to that point, was his role as T'Challa, the King of Wakanda, and of course, Black Panther. So, we first got Chadwick's take of Black Panther in Captain America Civil War. Yes. It was a fun uh, time to see him in. Do you remember the like, first time getting to see Black Panther on screen?
0: Yeah. Uh, well, it was exciting because Civil War has the the unofficial the, uh, third Avengers movie, if you want to. Yes. You know, where this 2. was... 2.5. This was, well, this was already <laughs> very exciting because, you know, this was a part of the comics where, you know, Tony and, and Steve Rogers, you know, they... Clash and there's this big division between the Avengers. Um, this was, you know, very exciting. But I think one of the most talked about things, of course, was Chadwick Boseman's portrayal of Black Panther, which was a prevalent character in the comics, and this was the first time to be portrayed on the screen. Now, of course, we've had some amazing um, African-American actors portraying, um, you know, those two uh, uh, black superheroes throughout the media. But I think this one was for just so much more powerful and I remember when he first came on he doesn't have a you know a large amount of scenes uh where it's just him talking but I thought he just did he I was just kind of blown away because it's like who is this guy and I was like sometimes when you have these cameo roles of superheroes you kind of like ah, it's whatever um but I was more entranced with him than Spider-Man in this, to be honest. Uh, mm. You know, Spider-Man was really talked about, but I think Black Panther for me, was like, this was really cool because i had never seen a portrayal of this. I was intrigued. And he had this, this great, again, what I've noticed in all his roles, just, especially when we watch these movies for this podcast episode, I took my time to really watch him, to watch the energy emanating off of him and on the screen. Yeah, And I think, T'Challa Black Panther role embodied everything that's so great of what he did for all his other roles, because there is this quiet energy where he seems to hold the weight of the world on his shoulders mm-hmm. and through his performance. And I was just, yeah, I was just blown away. Um, and what about you? What were your thoughts when you first first saw him on this? Well,
1: funny enough, seeing Civil War was, was unless I don't remember maybe one of his, you know, he did, he did do a lot of TV work before he got into the film. Yeah. Um, unless I just don't remember, that was my first time I ever seeing Chadwick on screen. Uh, yeah. Because all these movies yeah. that we talked about pre uh, his time as Black Panther, I had never seen any of them. That was. This yeah. is the first time seeing them. Well, uh, same here. Know, no, absolutely. I wanted to you know do a marathon these movies. So, um, yeah, I remember this. I think what you were you know saying about like compared to Spider Man, the the great joy of Civil War was apart from being a really solid film with the lead cast. And we have that amazing airport fight scene that is like an Avengers 2.5 uh, mega battle. But yeah. we did get these kind of, we had these like two feature cameos of Black Panther and Spider-Man and they're just kind of introduced out of nowhere. There's no like build up. It's not like, you know, it's not like there's a scene.
0: Not the, not the origin story and all that. No, it's, it's just are, like we get
1: these kind of mid action scenes show up and you're like, whoa, Black Panther's here, Spider-Man. The thing is, Spider-Man is always more and that especially in that film. It's very comedic it's a very comedic take right away we don't only really have the drama till we get his solo films and then of course in uh, the avengers films But black panther right away is you know very serious because he's dealing with he's trying to track down who he thinks has killed his father yes and that's you know a very important thing that's going to lead into a huge thing about his own solo film which we'll get to in a second here Mm-hmm. And so it's a very serious role right away, you know? Uh, of course we get this cool, uh, the fight style Black Panther. It's very fast paced. He's got those sharp nails, uh, the claws, you know, and uh, he has similar speed to Captain America. So we're getting like already it was a really cool, like, oh, this guy's got moves. He's fast. The he can hold really his cool. own yeah. against the greats here. But yeah. he, you know, something that no other Avenger has is that he's actually like the ruler of a whole country. You know, it's like Wakanda is, you know, of course a made up country in our world, but it's like imagining a whole nother country in Africa. And he's actually like now the ruler of that. And like, no the adventure yeah. has the weight of not only the people, but then finding, you know, these terrorists or fighting these, you know, supernatural bad guys. So um, I think that was a gr- it was a great enough of him being featured to be like, all right, here's Black Panther. Here's a bit of this backstory about his dad and his dad passing away, you know, being blown up. And now yeah. we're going to go into eventually his solo film. So it's kind of Black Panther. And he
0: has two, gr- the, the best scenes are of course, when he's introduced and he's talking with his dad right before his dad mm-hmm. was unfortunately killed in the explosion. And of course his last scene with the main villain uh, of the movie Baron Zemo. And he just sits there and he just, he kind of condemns him, you know, for what he tried to do. And, and I, those were like, he has a lot, a lot of scenes, but those are his two major scenes where it's, it's him, Chadwick giving. Yeah, his not in,
1: his... not in the, not in the, the Panther outfit. No, no, exactly. Like, you know, um, but we'll get to Black Panther now. So uh, this is a monumental film. Um, I think uh, personally, what I've told people about, of how I feel about this film is, in terms of what the formula is, it's, it's like any other generic Marvel film. It's nothing. Yeah. That the the formula had have been uh, this been a Spider-Man film or it had been. An Iron Man film, it's not a huge difference to what the formula is of you know, you have uh you find out that oh you you've had a secret long cousin the entire time and now he's the bad guy and uh you have to help save the nation. You know, your 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 hero is fallen at one point in the film, he has to rise again to that's that's a formula that's been told time and time again. Where this film really succeeds is I think the cultural aspect of what it represents. Yes. It's first off it's just great to see a uh, almost all black cast for a movie yeah. that's celebrating black culture it's like and talk about a cast i mean they got some of the top notch actors here you know uh,
0: like uh, am- amazing amazing cast i mean you got angela bassett you've got um
1: forrest whitaker forrest Michael whitaker B. jordan um, yeah it's just like and and, uh, and also
0: now that Ethan you got Niongo, male like, leads and an amazing strong female
1: cast yes that was fun you know the, the a lot of these Avenger films, as we talked about when we did our superhero thing, is it isn't kind of like a boys' club sometimes. It feels like there's a lot of guys, but over time, we've gotten some more of these. You know, of course, we have like Scarlet. you have uh, Kristen Olsen playing, uh, Elizabeth uh, Olsen, Elizabeth Olsen, yeah, <laughs> I don't know who that is <laughs> uh, playing, uh, uh what's her name? I can't even think right now. Scarlet Witch. Scarlet Witch. Oh, Scarlet, yeah. I've seen Scarlet Johansson. <laughs> yeah, sorry. <laughs> Just a bunch of Scarlet's here. But you know, yeah, we're getting these other strong female roles. And I think, especially one I really love is, uh, uh, is T'Challa's sister. Shuri is like, Shuri. she's so she
0: fun. Such a great, you know, she was a smart, intelligent Winnie. She's got, she's got fun. She, they definitely did a great job with the sibling and familiar relationship with them. Mm-hmm. And, um, but, you know, going about, you know, he's got this long lost cousin that, you know, is is the main villain of the movie, but he is, this is one of the few movies with a villain. It's very fine line between who's the villain. It's everyone is the hero of their story. Mm-hmm. And if you, and if you watch it from two sides of the same coin, you see two different upbringings, both uh, from different parts of black culture. And I mean, obviously one is more fictional, Um, the other one kind of hits close to home um, for many, I think many uh, people watching the film. And I think the fact is Michael B. Jordan and Chadwick Boseman both play such powerful presences and they're both, you know, they're the very
1: yin and yang relationship. Exactly. uh, There's respect, but there's also, you know, it's having to deal with, again, these kind of facing the demons of what, you know, he, uh, you know, the chala is part of this really super advanced uh, very technologically advanced uh civilization that is hidden from the world and they're keeping their resources hidden because they they're afraid of what might happen if they let other people use them because of course they've seen that bad people such as Andy Serx's character has taken some of their stuff and used it for weapons and used it for bad stuff but there's all these people that are hurting in the world that could maybe use that technology to help especially just from the medical standpoint the fact that you have you know uh what's his face um bilbo baggins uh my martin freeman martin freeman <laughs> uh, you know he, he gets he gets shot at one point and in the back and he's healed within 24 hours yeah like bullet gone skin fine and of course nothing in our medicine on this planet can do that but something in wakanda has that ability so you know there's a lot of, there's a lot of justice of why Michael B Jordan who is I think the great thing about this film is he's not someone with superpowers he's not some like you know alien or something he's just a guy that his father was taken from him from an early age no explanation and you know to learning that his own father left him there uh and didn't take him with him to wakanda didn't do anything with him just left him i mean like that's got to mentally put a huge just like depressive thing. And no wonder he'd want to seek revenge as he got Well, it's, himself. it's,
0: and it's, there are two sides. Again, the, the, the brothers, they're both their fathers, the sins of the fathers, you know. Mm-hmm. Sins of the fathers. Um, their, yeah. yeah. And also it's small cameo, but again, Sterling K. Brown, which I, I absolutely yeah. love him. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I think, cause you see that scene in the very beginning, but you, okay. Then you don't see what becomes of it. And I think it's, it's, it's great that, you know, he, again, with with, T'Challa, Chadwick Mosman, he says, this, you know, he has this duty to his family, but it's like, I've, you know, there's been such a lie that my, that I've lived up to about what I have no idea about what's gone mm-hmm. on because of my family, but also, you know, now I've seen things I've been in the world, you know, I've worked with the Avengers and I, and I see that, you know, yes, we want, we don't want to share this because it could fall in the wrong hands, but, you know, are we the right hands? We, we, maybe we owe it to help other people. Mm -hmm. So there's so many, there's so many themes of this movie that I think, I think just it's layer upon layer of family. And um, you know, that also the thing I think that um, our country's U S has, I think ever since the world wars has struggled with being, you know, the world police that we feel like it's our duty to to go. And I think there's two sides of that coin where, I think you can see both sides of it. Yeah, we have this ability that we could help people, but is it is it our right? And I think. That's are we actually thing. helping people?
1: Are we? Yeah, are we thing Making things worse.
0: Yeah, mm-hmm. like we could help people, but we could make it worse. So I think that is that that movie on so many levels is very prevalent to the past, the present, mm-hmm. and way of looking at the future. And yeah. I mean, that movie is such a powerful legacy. I mean, uh, you know, to the to. I think that is going to stay with um, one of his. Unfortunately, he has so not fortunately, unfortunately, fortunately, he has so many great roles. But that movie is going to be such a legacy for. I you. mean, yeah,
1: he'll, it, it's it's always going to be what he's remembered most for. I mean, it's the big one. It's you know, it's iconic. I mean, there's also something to do with. Typically, in the U.S., when we have films that involve Africa, there tends to be stereotypes that are used. Uh, unless it's something that's really, like, embracing or celebrating the culture. Uh, you know, if it's, like, more of a gritty, uh, real kind of, like, yeah. Blood Diamond or, you know, kind of films like that. But, yeah. we, you know, we have a lot of movies where it's, like, because it's not the culture that we know, sometimes it can get a little stereotypical or it can get a little far-fetched. What I love about this movie is, even though, yes, it's set in a kind of fantasy realm, it's very, like, this is atlantis or this you know it's wakanda is its own kind of uh unique place but all the color scheme the the designs of the costumes uh the makeup all the stuff i think was really appropriate to it's celebrating african culture but it's and i think it's, it would have not poking fun at it you know it's like no it's really but i think cool. the fact
0: that we have ryan kugler did such a an amazing a fantastic job. job yeah um
1: and the I music think, too the music in there you know it's what the a guy.
0: powerful score and the soundtrack just you're right absolutely from the costumes to the the story building because yes it's a fictional country but in culture but the avengers live in the mc the mc universe as we know it now is set in a in, in a fairly it's real it's set world.
1: in a real world and wakanda is even though a fictional place is set in africa to be from the outskirts, it looks like a poor, just kind of generic civilization. But once you kind of get through their barriers, it's it's like Oz. It's like this amazing, crazy place. So they had to find that balance of we want to look authentic and look realistic, but maybe some of our outfits are, uh, you know, a shield, or it's you know, this has a. I love that they add the element for his suit that he can take constant damage and then he can bounce it back with you know yeah. stuff like that. So. I think that's another thing that's important about this film is that it really, it is a Marvel movie. It is a comic book movie. It has all the stuff you want from an action standpoint. There's some great action sequences, but it's the cultural impact of not only seeing a fictional Africa represented this way, but seeing a cast like this and seeing a, yeah, uh, we realistically sense probably Blade that I can think of top of my head. haven't had a full lead black male superhero movie. Well, you know we've had uh, we've had Iron. Uh, what's his name? I'm already War Machine.
0: Name. War yep. Machine.
1: Yep. Um, in you know with Iron Man films, but Cheadle has not been the you know he's not the main guy. He's always he's not, like a,
0: yeah he's he's not in the foreground. And of course, He's like sporting and, cast. And so, you've got Samuel L. Jackson, Nick Fury. He's not like leading the whole yeah. like, any any of the films. He's kind of the glue that kind of holds it together, but. You're absolutely right. There hasn't been a proper uh, Black male lead, but of course, um, I know coming up, they're talking about um, Marshal Ali. um, There's going to be a new
1: version of Blade, yeah. Which I'm
0: excited about that, but I think what Charlie Bozeman had done for Black Panther, I don't think, I know we say this and I think, you know the what if universe of where like you know a lot of these famous actors who turned down a role they weren't cast mm-hmm. you know the what if and we say because we've seen them in the role that's all we think of you never know but I think that he was made for that role and he did and not only that he made it it's not that he was made for the role he made the role for him he because I mean he only has he doesn't have anyone else to go off of he has the comics but he has a lot of gravitas and his theater background i think led him to that because the movie also does have that shakespearean element i mean it is very uh,
1: yeah the family drama all that is very shakespearean and some of the producers i was watching the interview the other day they were saying actually it was his work in 42 that got them noticing him to be like okay here's a guy that he can do that kind of more action turned on but keeping that uh keeping those moments underneath the skin keeping it you know out. Well, especially because he
0: has to—he has to portray a man of royalty, and yeah. there's a lot of—he's got be, to be—he's got to be
1: king. He can't—he can't be just uh, going off his emotions every time. He has to be very civil. Um, and then, of course, it leads into his work in Infinity War and um, Endgame. Infinity War was cool because you know now we're really getting a mix of even more characters, and uh, you know this is the two films combined that are really the end of this huge long saga. Of kind of like you know, uh, ten plus years of these films, and it was so cool that you know Wakanda was featured really well in in that huge kind of Act Three battle situation where um, you know they have the big uh, those gates kind of up those kind of like see through gates and fighting off those those weird alien dog things. But um, you really see the uh, you know him being. The general like you know we always we've looked at for all these films so far as the avengers look to steve rogers to be the the guy who has the plan because of his military background. so like yeah he, he you know even though tony likes to be uh, a presence he knows that he's not the one calling the shots it's steve yeah. rogers but in this case it's not steve rogers no he takes he takes the challenge
0: yeah yeah with the infinity war steve rogers takes a, a
1: back seat to he's just he a to soldier and he's like no uh, until until they get a little closer to uh, the, the ending where, you know, they're trying to uh, fight off Thanos and uh, he's trying to call the shots. But yeah, just, you know, you have this huge, great battle scene where we're seeing him in action. And then, of course, we have the unfortunate ending where uh, he gets dusted, as with many people do. But I think one of the most important shots of these Avengers films, these uh, three and four, was you have at the end of Endgame, and I'm not even going to say spoiler warning, because if you've not seen these movies by now, you're I don't know why you're listening.
0: To if you haven't them spoiled by so, now, then I don't um, know what, you you're not on the
1: internet. <laughs> but um there's that great, you know, we have the final, final battle uh, against thanos and his army, and it's just Captain America standing there and he's been almost beat to death and he's still getting up and he's gonna fight. And then he starts to hear his intercom go off and he and he starts seeing the portals open up. And the first person to walk through the portals is the chala yeah. and his sister and his bodyguard. And it's like, yeah. what a powerful moment to be like, of all the people that have been dusted, you're having Black Panther first. And he had, and then you have that moment well, where-
0: you he have Sam Wilson. Sam Wilson is well, he comes after, yeah. but-, but, but he, co- he comes on his intercom. He's on yeah. your left, which is a great callback. to. to callback
1: room. to, yeah, of course, um, Captain America, Winter, Winter Soldier. Soldier. Yeah. But uh, just that moment where, you know, you see- T'Challa, his his kind of mask comes off and he kind of gives a head nod and it's like, oh, it's on like Donkey Kong. Yeah. And then we have that great, just, you know, epic ending. And so, um, yeah, we're left with, you know, I think it's been such a, you know, if only this had been earlier, you know, uh, but four powerful films that he got to play Black Panther in.
0: I am I think what we're trying to really do is, uh, I think, sit here and, and really just appreciate what he brought to screen and legacy. And I think that's what we need to, we need to just say is that um, his role in, in I think Black Panther of all his roles, I think set such a, a, such a precedent. And I think it will moving forward. Um, But he just, you know, I just wish, um, I'm glad that I got the time to appreciate him for, for all the work he had done in such a short amount of time. What an amazing resume. And he mm-hmm. definitely he definitely picked roles at Sudrum. Every role I've seen him in was, was amazing. And it's not very easy to say that about many performers that you look at and like, oh, everything they do is great. It's, it's not easy.
1: That's it's not, not easy. easy to say, but no, he, he really was a true star. He, he gave 100% to all his roles and he really did the homework and he did the prep and it shows on screen. It shows how much he lights up a screen when you go see one of his films. And it was also just you know constantly hearing how nice a person he was off camera. Uh, helping other actors, helping people. He was constantly giving back. You know I think that's something and of that course, shows...
0: Even in his, in his last years when he had reached out to other kids who were fighting cancer mm-hmm. and it just showed how beautiful uh, charitable his nature was. And the fact that in the last four or five years, he was struggling and fighting the silent battle of cancer that he continued to perform. He, you know, he didn't play uh, into, you know, he, he, I'm going to continue to work hard and do what I can while I can it. And that just, that speaks in so many volumes, no matter what's going on in your life, you don't know. And there was a lot of, there was a lot of fortunate hate to see him and how much weight he had lost and people were, you know, um, harassing him online, which, and, it, and now you see what, what he went through, and it's yeah. very heartbreaking. And it's like you don't know the struggles people are going through, and that's why you can never fully don't judge. make assumptions. Just, no, you
1: know you gotta you gotta be respectful of everyone. And so, yeah, I think we uh, we of course you know send our love and prayers to his family. And uh I know it's gonna be uh, difficult to be without him. But the great thing about cinema is. You know, whenever whenever we lose a celebrity, there's this weird thing where as audiences that grow up watching movies with these people, you kind of get this sense of like, oh, it's almost like you've lost someone that you know, even though yeah. we've never met Chavik Bozeman. No, we don't exactly. know Chavik Bozeman. But he lives forever on screen. And so that's, you know, at least thankful that, uh, although, unfortunately, his time on earth was cut short, he's got some of these really iconic amazing films and if you've not seen all the films that we mentioned today and he's got a few other ones he's in as well and like i said there's a there's a pretty significant uh tv resume he has as well um i, I really think it's worth your time to check out because uh every move i've seen of his is just it's it's so entertaining. You just want to keep watching more. He and just, you, he there's something.
0: There's uh, something new in each performance and something great to be taken away. And um, I absolutely agree. And I hope that everyone continues um, future and future generations will appreciate what an iconic and amazing person and performer he was.
1: So uh, yeah, mad respect to you, Chadwick. Thank you for gifting us with your gifts while you were here. Uh, we will miss you. Thanks, guys, for listening today. This was our little uh, tribute to Chadwick, and uh, we'll catch you guys next time. Thank you for listening to The Potential Podcast. Next week, we might find a title.
0: Or a girlfriend. Or a wife. Or maybe pants that fit. Or maybe Ah-ham. a daughter. Oh, sorry.
1: I'm your host, Chris Dewar.
0: And I'm your host, Taylor Sokol.
1: Stay tuned for more episodes on pop culture, entertainment, and nerdum. And remember, know your your potential. potential.